0: Quarantine Q and A to get up to date with all of our dreamers, doers, and achievers. Enjoy this episode. So there's really two phases of any business. There's the building value phase, and there's the selling phase.
1: Start your business now. Form your company now. Create your business plan now. Establish your entity now. Start making investor list now. If you want to be proactive, like this is this is your golden moment.
0: You know, if you have this subconscious thought that, like, you'll never be fit, or you'll never be rich, or you'll never be passionate about life, if you're following that subconscious loop, you're never going to get it.
1: Nice. We're live. Hey, there he is. What's up, man? What's up, Nick? Can you hear me okay? I got the AirPods in.
0: All right, let me just... Type this stuff in here, Nick Lanakos of Truckbox, baby, okay, so first thing is first, how are you feeling doing during this time, where are you currently, and then we'll jump into it as everyone joins in. Hmm.
1: I feel good, man, I mean, right now I'm in New York, so um, I was set to move to Austin on March 26th and uh you know i was living in philly for the past 6 years but now i'm relocating so um now I just here back where I, I grew up pretty much so i'm like an hour and a half up from the city and um just working from home essentially but getting ready to to head to austin as soon as things clear up a bit you know yeah
0: and, w- and can you explain what is uh what's in austin <laughs> and like what you guys got into over there with the capital factory and all of that yeah
1: mm, yeah so austin is like number one it's a Crazy emerging tech city like it's it's actually the fastest growing city in the entire country. And it's also the fastest growing food truck city in the country. And, um, you know, like you have Apple who's moving their campus there and just a lot of tech startups in general. So a lot of people think it's going to dethrone Silicon Valley in the long run could happen. Um, But there's also a really large accelerator there called the Capital Factory. We got accepted into that and essentially uh, gives us free office space for six months. We have a 100,000 square foot facility in the heart of downtown Austin, another facility in Dallas, and another one in uh, Houston. And we get like 100,000 AWS credit, a lot of resources, a huge investor network, so it's nice. It's good. That's awesome.
0: Awesome. And would you? I guess that would be an update in a sense with Truck Bucks because I wanted you to give it like the, the state of the world with everything going on. First off, how's truck doing during this time? How are you positioning yourself? And then we can move into more of the industry and then answer some more questions from everyone.
1: Yeah, definitely. So guys, um, I'm going to give a quick update on truck bucks and what we're doing to kind of help during uh, this current crisis. But right Mm -hmm. after that, we'll dive right into any questions that anybody might have. So first and foremost, um, if we look at like the industry as a whole, the restaurant industry, specifically, it's undergoing crazy transformation. My parents own um, restaurants in New York, right? So we've been in the food industry forever, and I'm seeing it firsthand. But Every single restaurant in the entire country right now is operating as a ghost kitchen. And if you don't know what a ghost kitchen is, it's very simple. It's, it's pretty much the future of restaurants and it's a delivery only facility. It's basically a restaurant with just the kitchen and only online orders, pickup and delivery. There's no dining experience, right? There's like much less um, labor costs associated, less rent costs associated. So even like the previous founder of Uber, Travis Kalanick, his new startup is a ghost kitchen startup. It's called Cloud Kitchens. They just raised like $700 million. Yeah, awesome, um, but, it's, but essentially, essentially the cost associated with restaurants, brick and mortar specifically, is high because you have a lot of rent and then in food, uh, labor. So this is taking over. And, and the restaurant industry in general in 2019 was an $863 billion industry. And 60% of the restaurant industry comes from off-premise dining. Right, which is food trucks, delivery, drive-through, pickup, online ordering, Uh, food trucks. So you know it's definitely going to surpass it, and that creates a unique opportunity for food trucks because, um, of course, as we know, like food trucks don't also don't have the rent costs that brick-and-mortars do, and um, they also don't have the labor costs either. And and mobility is is advantageous in a time where people. are staying put because a truck can really just drive anywhere pull up to 150 unit apartment complex and start serving people right um and what we're doing now is we're offering food trucks that join truck bucks free sign up and zero commissions on their orders for 90 days so like nobody else is doing that like grubhub's yeah, not doing yeah. that uber eats is not. we're just giving them like they can get 100 orders they can get a thousand orders we're not taking a penny on their orders because for us we're trying to optimize growth, like signing up as many new customers to the platform as possible. And that's a freemium model, which is obviously a good route to take as an early stage startup.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's going to pay off in the long run as you guys like perform well during this crisis. I know Brian Chesky of Airbnb said, you know, crisis brings you back to your roots and really brings out who you are as a company. So uh, during this time, that's happening with you guys. But yeah, I'm interested to, Move in to see what uh, questions people have in regards to you yourself or truck bucks as the business if you guys if you want you can just put in questions below um, and ask them and then we can pull them in they'll come in and slide in Um,
1: but yeah if you guys have any questions right now I guess at this time we'll keep going and flowing with it. But if there's any questions like in regards to you're contemplating starting a business or you're, you know, specifically within the tech space or anything for that matter um, just start asking away, like type it, we're going to see it coming. So.
0: Yeah. I think the one thing to say as those come in is one of the, we actually help uh, one client as of now in their restaurant, their brand that, had to completely pivot during this time. Um, and they're only solely focusing on delivery and their social media growth. So uh, what is your take on like where the industry is going with delivery solely? Do you see like restaurants being obsolete in the future? Um, or if you want to take this one question.
1: Uh, do I remember here? the night <laughs> Chuck box was inception? Yeah, I do. I was yeah. sitting with uh, my co-founder at the time and um pretty much he was like we should do something within the food truck space and i was like yeah i agree like we have a ton of trucks on campus and we both you know had this i guess intuitive feeling that there was something that could be done that was missing in the space and then when you just looked around campus it was obvious for like the the people waiting in line forever and the cash cash only situation and then the fact that you couldn't find them because they were mobile so that's how we launched truck bucks but we actually started uh, creating a food truck meal plan in which you would have a card and you would go to the trucks and swipe your like dragon dollars or d- dining dollars or whatever and swipe at the truck. And it would be um, integrated with the school. So for like four months, we worked on that and we ran the numbers and we, we, we surveyed like hundreds of students to gain their feedback. And then ultimately we ended up completely pivoting one night and we're like, let's build an app because why are we going to go with cards when you would rather just build a platform um, you know, we could just rather build a platform that's way more powerful, has way more opportunity to scale and uh, way more, it's obviously more lucrative. And, and just, again, scale, like it could work in every city, whereas going yeah. to a university model with cars didn't make sense. Somebody asked what, um, what exactly is TruckBucks? So, TruckBucks is an app for food trucks. Um, basically, mm-hmm. when customers download our app, they'll find nearby food trucks based on their location. They can see the food truck's ratings, menu, photos, get open and map directions, and they can order ahead for pickup and delivery, and they can pay with Venmo or Apple Pay or Card, and they'll get a quick alert when it's ready. We just recently partnered with Postmates, which uh, provides the delivery service for us. So uh, we're integrating that now, and that's, uh, that's really big for us because that allows us to deliver in all 50 states. So we have pretty much now have the ability to virtually scale anywhere. You, you and, with, um, uh, postmates. can you talk more about that yeah yeah i mean we just so it's it's crazy because i i found an email from 2017 before we even like or 2016 maybe before we even launched and i reached out to postmates and i was like hey we want to potentially launch with delivery do you have like an open source api that you know we can use and um they were like no we're not offering that and now Sure enough, a few years later, we partner with Postmates and we're delivering, we're going to be delivering with them. Um, But, you know, Postmates provides the delivery as a service for us and it's great. And then just to hit on the other side, like the app for the food trucks is different. So food truck owners can use the app from their smartphone or a tablet and it lets them receive incoming orders. They have full control of their menu, like changing price, adding images in stock, out of stock. Um, They pretty much can set their live hours of operation, they can track all of their sales for any custom date range, they can um, set their location, which their live location is updated every 15 minutes anyway. So, Mm -hmm. and and somebody asked if uh, food trucks are still open in Austin right now. So yeah, they are. Um, And actually, like, there's a lot of headlines going on right now that the food trucks are benefiting more. Um, then the the food trucks are seeing an uptick in business while the restaurants are starting to suffer, which is unfortunate because my parents are in the restaurant industry. So as much as that benefits us, like you empathize with people in the restaurant industry too, but they are operating just a little bit differently. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens. I think things are going to open up fast, but for us as a company, we've had trucks in the past three, four weeks reaching out to us from everywhere in the country. Like, um, P- trucks in Atlanta, Rhode Island, L.A., Florida, Texas, like they're coming from everywhere because now that these large events and gatherings got canceled, the food trucks can't rely on foot traffic or like festivals and all this stuff. So, um, <clears throat> you know, now they need online ordering platforms like truckbooks to reach customers, pick up and delivery. So it's good. It's benefiting us, surprisingly. And there's a saying it says, like, never waste a good crisis. And, it you know, that's that's true. <clears throat>
0: Yeah, that's that's something to always keep in mind. You guys are you position yourself perfectly, uh, and this dates back to when when exactly was it? How many years ago you started Truck Bucks?
1: Uh, Truck Bucks was an idea at the end of twenty sixteen. It was built throughout all of twenty seventeen, and then it was launched in twenty eighteen. So, wow. if you want to say like from the idea, it was an idea in twenty sixteen, when we launched twenty eighteen. So, really, two years, and it's still, you know, it's still pretty early. Yeah. So, Cam <laughs> yeah. asks if yeah. uh, food trucks will take over brick and mortar in the future. I don't know about taking over, but definitely the mobility aspect is something that's, like, a huge advantage, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I saw you posted one story of uh, one of the Migos. They had a whole food truck Yeah. their house? What, what, what
1: yeah. yeah, Offset Offset, and Cardi B, they, they got a food truck to uh, – to pull up to their house and just start. That's what's, that's what's crazy. Like even right now, the food trucks are saving, like, you know, truck drivers. They at, they don't have a way to eat. They're driving for hours, sometimes 24 hours or more straight and they rely on food at rest stops but now the rest stops are closed. So the state opened up and allowed access to trucks to feed, to go to rest stops and, and basically feed these people, right? So they're lifelines, mobile lifelines in a lot of ways for people. And again, guys, I don't want to, like, this doesn't only have to be about truck bucks. If anybody in here has any questions that they have personally or like, you know, just in general, whether it's about business or starting up or anything, like, just feel free to ask away. It could be about yeah. anything too. Yeah. So
0: I, I, I have one question. We'll let more flood in, but how, how are you leading during this time? Like, what are, what are certain principles you're abiding by? If you could just name a few that you should always keep intact and in your pocket, when things like
1: this arise? Yeah, once this thing hit and I and I was like, okay, I knew inside that I was gonna be here for a while and it was obviously unpredictable. There's a few things you got to look at. I mean, as the founder and the CEO, you, you, you're obviously most concerned about the money in the bank, right? So you have to be concerned about your expenses. So one of the first things I did was I went through my entire company, like the expense sheet, and I was like, do we need this? If okay, we don't need this, if we're on the upgraded premium plan like, and we're not, You know, we're going to cut that if we can downgrade to a plan that worked like anything that was an unnecessary expense had to go. So we cut down our expenses tremendously. Um, And fortunately, businesses throughout the country are offering a lot of free services, too, and they're helping entrepreneurs and companies, which is great. But getting your expenses tight and keeping them in order and then being honest and genuine with your team to say, like, guys, we're. Uh, how I explain it to them is like we're in a storm and we're like the captains of this ship, right? Like there's tidal waves, like it's crazy. So mm. you have to basically tell them like, we-, we have to weather the storm. We have to get through this. It's going to be bootstrapped. The cash situation might be tighter, but when you have a team that believes in you and you have a team that believes in what you're building, it makes things a lot easier because they're willing to go through battle with you. Right. Somebody said, yeah, how many exactly. free tricks do you have signed up on the app? So now we have over 60, um, so we've added a decent amount and that's like 60 onboarded onto the platform and we're having like trucks every single day contact us from all different angles to join we actually have so much demand on trucks joining us that it's becoming difficult to be sign them up build them and activate them which is why we're raising money so like we're raising money to to hire more resources to move faster which is a good problem to have obviously <laughs> yeah
0: yeah exactly it and are you making the process of signing up easier for these food trucks, like a way you can systemize it. Yeah.
1: It's, it's, uh, yeah, it used to be door to door. So we would like go to every single truck and talk to them, have a personal conversation. a lot of times it was me and it would take it. Sometimes it could take five minutes and I would get them on spot. Other times it would take over an hour. And, um, and, you know, now, we, since then, we've really fully automated the process. It's online, they go, they fill out a form and everything is automated from the contract to us building the truck and getting them live. And the trucks can use the app on their smartphone, which is great. It's like you download the app, here's your username and password, you signed our contract, you're live. Right, so making it yeah. fast. We, we don't want people sitting around and waiting. We wanna get them active on the platform and, and making money. And then um, another question is, what is going to be your immediate plan of action once this pandemic is over? That's a great question. Every company is really right now, like their sales are taking a hit. People are laying, everyone's, a lot of people are uh, getting laid off. We know this. So look, it's not a subjective to, it's not limited to one company where your sales are taking a hit and revenue is taking a hit. It's really a pandemic problem. It's a global pandemic problem. Everybody's revenue is taking a hit. Um, Mm. But for us, this is the best time for startups to grow. Like if you are building a product all your engineers are locked into a room 24 seven round the clock building and they're refining the product. And, you know, you have so much time on your hands to actually enhance your product to the, to another level that you have to capitalize on that opportunity. And for us, how I'm looking at it is I'm like, guys, we have to launch the best product. We have to like make it extremely efficient and lean and all, all the above. But more importantly, we have to sign up as many trucks as possible because when we get out of this pandemic, it's going to be a lot more, um, you know, advantageous when you go to an investor and say, yeah, we added 300 new food trucks to the platform during the pandemic and everybody sales slowed down or whatever, but now we have 300 trucks on the platform. We're raising money and all we have to do is drive orders to these trucks and do some marketing, you know? So, yeah. so okay. um, let's see. How did you, so to answer that question, the immediate plan is it, signing up a, a ton of trucks and then getting them live and active on, you know, bringing them a ton of orders in one one, market.
0: Yeah, the one thing I would add to that is uh, right now it's like a preparation and and strategy phase and really doubling down and then after that you can use that as a catalyst and a leverage point to do even more and and impact more people and grow the business, yeah.
1: Yeah, one question here is um, how did you market yourself to food truck vendors? And how did you do that in cities such as Austin and LA? So we launched in in Philadelphia as the main market. It was the most active market. Every single truck in Philadelphia that we got onto the platform, I I signed up personally. I literally went to the truck. I pitched them. I became really good at it. I knew exactly what they were going to say, what pushback they would give me, what they would be worried about uh, to a point where I essentially mastered it. And I started getting them signed up and built them and then activated shortly after that. But door-to-door sales is not scalable. Like, I can't go to L.A. tomorrow and sign up a truck or Texas, right? So that's why the process has to be fully automated. I mean, door-to-door sales will still be present and and alive and well, but, um, you know, it has to be automated and scalable. So what we've seen in the past two, three weeks is really people – requesting to join us from cities that I I don't even know how they found this. We have like trucks from Alabama contacting us, Kentucky, like all throughout the country that are just organically coming in to join us. And it's, it's obviously amazing, right? Cause it validates what we've built. Like we know, we know that now they have to like, to give you an understanding in 2008, that's when the movement was started. Right. It was during the great recession of 2008 and everybody was like that restaurant entrepreneurs were like, basically shitting their pants. Obviously it was, it was terrible, right? Similar to what's happening now, but that, that gives birth to the food truck movement. So it's like 2008 movement starts, no technology. Mm -hmm. 2020, another crisis. Now it's time for technology to enter and they're opting into our service. Like never before. Again, we have trucks from like everywhere contacting us with really no, no spend on that. Yeah. Yeah, you know? and I think so the, the one
0: point I wanted to add on to what you said in the beginning is you said it was sort of unscalable in the beginning, door-to-door sales, but in a way, that's what needs to happen in order for you to iterate the product and yes. learn from what you're doing wrong. And then from there, you guys, as you're doing now, you can scale up and not do the door-to-door.
1: Yeah. Yes, 100%, definitely, because you learn so much about your customer when you do the door-to-door sales in the beginning, especially, and and it also conveys a different message. Like when you tell them, yeah, it's my company or I'm the founder and you're in their truck, you know, you gain their respect, number one, but you also learn how to communicate with them and you learn the things that they're gonna push you back on. So um, the door-to-door is crucial. It's amazing for learning, definitely.
0: Yeah, and then you also had a background within the food industry, so you have even more empathy for them, you can relate to them more,
1: which is uh, even better. Yeah.
0: What would you say, let me ask you this one thing. If there's a question that comes in, oh,
1: there we go. (laughs) How do you plan on on adapting to the growth of ghost kitchens moving forward? Well, look, Mm. I say this, I've been saying this a lot recently, like food trucks are ghost kitchens. They're just mobile ghost kitchens. A ghost kitchen has no dining experience. It has very little labor costs associated with it and they rely on pickup and delivery. Food trucks are the same thing. They don't have a dine in experience. They have a lot less people working that you would see at a restaurant. And now, specifically now, they're doing uh, pickup and delivery using online ordering platforms. So they I don't the growth of Ghost Kitchens is synonymous with the growth of food trucks. It's food mobility, <laughs> it's it's just, you know, cutting the cost down on overhead for restaurants. They go hand in hand.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I think I want to ask you one thing about more of a self uh, talked a lot about the business. I want more people to ask about the business and truck bucks um, and navigating this crisis, but what are some things you're learning about yourself as of now or, or some things you're doubling down on for yourself? Cause you need to improve and you need to grow as a leader in order for the company to grow hand in hand.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, look, things, y- y- I think everybody was completely blindsided by this, right? Like my plan was completely different two months ago than what it is now. Uh, two months ago, I was like, okay, I'm going to Austin. I got my apartment set up. I'm literally flying March 26th and that's it. And I have the accelerator there and a free office, like we're good. And um, and essentially, you know, everything got rocked and shaken up, but it, out of this, there's like a blessing in disguise, which is what I'm saying now that trucks are adopting the technology and loving what we built, which is awesome but internally and like personally um you know there's a lot of things i'm learning about myself number one what i want to say to anybody is that organization is key like if all of my files all the things that i do what's allowing me to move so fast and at a level that i've never been able to execute is organization like every single file in my drive is color coded every single document is labeled and i have my team operate the same way right so there's mm-hmm. never any no room for disconnect or hesitation or ambivalence none of that but we're allowed to operate so we're, we operate in harmony and it's great so organization's key and then of course um now you're really tested too in a lot of different ways, obviously, especially financially, but you're really tested in on your work ethic because you're home all day, maybe you leave the house to go for a walk, maybe you go for a hike, maybe you work out, but you're locked in the house all day, and my patterns are changing right, so a lot of my yeah. team is engineers a lot of my team is engineers and developers, so they're these guys are nocturnal, they sleep at like four or five o'clock in the morning, and now it's affecting my schedule, which is fine because so like I'll find myself some days waking up later, like nine thirty or ten or even ten thirty. But then I'm working till midnight or one in the morning, and I'm on I'm on calls with them. Like even after this, I have a call with some um, a company that wants to partner with us that's based in LA and they're three hours behind us. So mm-hmm. I find myself on the developer schedule now. And you got to really test your work ethic. Like put in this. That's why I said on on the video before this is like, if you want to start a business now. This is your time to do it. What's what's the most the biggest excuse that everybody makes? I don't have time. I'm already working another job. I get home late, and then by the time I get late, I want to spend time with whoever, whatever. Look, like start your business now. Form your company now. Create your business plan now. Establish your entity now. Start making an investor list now. If you want to be proactive, like this is this is your golden moment, because as much as everybody hates what's going on right now, once this is done. A year from now, two years from now, or six months from now, we're going to look back and say, like, wow, that was nice. I had a lot of free time to reflect, yeah. to read, to learn an instrument, to all these different things, right? So take advantage of this time, especially if you're contemplating launching and building a venture. That is perfectly said. Yeah. stand that. Absolutely.
0: Would you want to answer this one question? Uh, here it says, I would like to ask how TruckBox plans on moving towards creating a customer base outside of city areas.
1: Look, I think the key is to monopolize small markets, right? So right now we have trucks that are reaching out to us from L.A., Kentucky, Atlanta, Alabama, Rhode Island, just coming to us. Hey, I saw you online. I I searched you. Okay. But if we exit this, right, in three months, six months, whatever it is, and I have five trucks in L.A. and I have two in Rhode Island and I have three in Virginia – that's nice. It's nice to be able to say, hey, I have trucks in 10 different cities, but you don't have a customer base there. You don't have a team there. You can't really market to a consolidated base there. So it actually might work against you. So you want to have a strong market focus on on monopolizing small markets. Like, so number one, Philadelphia, we worked on monopolizing that market of saying like, we're gonna get X amount of food trucks in this concentrated area, build up a base. And we did that. We had like a ton of trucks signed up on the Drexel market. We had thousands of customers using our app every single day. We had trucks doing 120 orders a day. And then it got to the point where I looked at it and I said, okay, we found product market fit. We know what we've built. People love the product. Customers love the product, and we think that we can scale this. So we're going to raise money and we're going to take this to the best food truck city in the world, Austin, Texas. And that's what we, you know. And that's how the Austin thing got triggered. We got accepted into the accelerator, but one market at a time. You can't spread yourself too thin and have. You don't want to be fragmented, right? Yeah. Because yeah, you can't. Imagine, you can't eat more than you can swallow. Yeah. Right. The only way that's going to happen is if if you have a fragmented market like we have five trucks in Virginia, two in New York, twenty in LA, you're going to rely a lot on the trucks pushing the product because you don't have thousands of customers there. You don't. You know, like that's just a fact. Yeah, that's a great. What are the most important answer. things you learned while developing truck bucks It's it's kind of a vague question if you want to follow up with something more specific, cause I I learned a lot, uh, a lot about a lot of different things. Mm. But what I will say is, I mean, I just, I guess I learned what I love to do, right? Like I went to school, I was studying as a finance major. I eventually dropped out um, because I was super unhappy doing finance and real estate uh, while they're interesting fields. And I have a lot of friends and family in those fields. It wasn't for me. I should have been an entrepreneurship major, but um, I, I learned, I I unleashed my full potential. I learned that I was great at building teams, um, you know, just following my passion and, and obviously the ability to create like every single day I learned more and more about myself and more about others. And it's, it's the best feeling in the world, honestly, like starting something is, is such a good feeling.
0: Yeah. And and it's, it's tough, but that doesn't get into your framework because you enjoy that toughness of it i mean if you guys if please please go back to our founder series episode with nick it's on uh our podcast it's on youtube if you want to see uh nick's good looking face but he talks a lot about that one point when you're walking in the rain right and you're just like crying because you love this process and i think you have to enjoy it um or else you you won't last long it's like that cliche Steve Jobs quote of like, if you don't love it, you're gonna fail. So um, yeah, stick with that. It's a good lesson. Yep, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, got, you guys are asking great questions. Uh, I'm excited. What's Everyone's... the end
1: goal? This is the question I get the most. What's the end goal? Would you want to be purchased by a bigger company? Right now, like I'm not even thinking about selling. Uh, it, we're just getting started. Uh, I'm focused on making it a billion dollar company. But if the opportunity presented itself at the right price, then potentially it could happen. You know, I mean, if somebody came and offered like a ridiculous sum now, maybe. But otherwise, I'm not even thinking about selling it so far. It's we're just building, building one day at a time, growing, executing and yeah. conquering. I think
0: on top of that, with the, the topic of. If you want to answer this, I'll ask my question next.
1: Who are the Yeah, who are the top competitors? The top competitors, well, I guess you would consider them indirect. So like Grubhub, Uber Eats, um, DoorDash, right? Those guys, because what do they do? They provide an app that allows you to order ahead um, for pickup and delivery at restaurants. The difference is that um, they're hyper-focused on the restaurant space. So because they have thousands of restaurants on their platform, the food trucks don't get sales. The biggest thing of all, though... Is that they take a predatory percentage, so they can take as high as up to thirty-four, in some cases forty percent of an of an order from the restaurant. So now they're getting slammed with lawsuits, they're getting a ton of pushback, they're in a lot of legal trouble. Grubhub is contemplating selling, and they or selling or merging, which probably they will merge. Um, but who knows? But regardless, they take a predatory percentage. They don't have a focus on the food truck space the way we do. And also, our app is designed around the food truck experience for both the customer and the user. So it's uh, it's a much better product in general. But yeah, they're getting stoned with lawsuits. That's that's a fact. If you Google yeah. that right now, they're in a lot of hot water.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I There's think-
1: some other competitors in the food truck space, but they're not so involved they're not so much as a software company like TruckBucks is a software company we're a tech product whereas uh a lot of these other companies are more into the food truck catering business or food truck events like oh bring a food truck to your festival or concert we're, we're a software company we have built very valuable and very powerful tech right so if people were to purchase us one day they would purchase us for not only our customers but the technology that we're creating and we are creating a lot of technology very fast every single day um, there's one other question here that I saw. Yeah. What,
0: what is the most important thing to you in bu- this business?
1: Yes, we have intellectual property and the most important thing, um, to me in this business, there's a lot. Um, if it's, what's the most important thing for truck bucks as a business, it's the relationships that we build with our customers, specifically the food trucks. Um, if you ask for me, what's the most important thing, uh, I guess I, there's a lot, but I I guess I would just have to say getting to a point that like, no, I would probably have to say the most important thing for me personally is the team dynamic, because here's why. Mm-hmm. Right now I have the best team I've ever had, and I've been doing this for a few years now, right? And like my team now today looks a lot different than it did nine months ago and two years ago. And this team dynamic is insane. Like we have people that are building things, that are moving fast, that are the most talented individuals I've ever ever come across. And when you have a team, which you could call your mastermind group, like in Think and Grow Rich you guys channel in your energy that works together and you're able to crush through your goals and that's because everybody has bought in everybody believes in it and everybody's just adding value everybody's putting putting forth creative energy so the team is key for sure like it, it makes all the difference and and then when you start a company you're going to go through circulations of teams you're going to have a lot of people that will leave because you don't have that much money in the beginning or you're going to have you're going to have to fire some people like it's inevitable like it happens right so yeah. um just just the team dynamic is crucial. And and as a founder, you better be able to identify talent and learn how to retain talent. And you also better learn how to identify bullshit and get people that are toxic out of your team, right? So like, you have to be able to know who works good with who and what the goal is, what the vision is and how that all fits in together. Yeah. Um, so shout absolutely. out to my team.
0: Yeah, I was I was gonna ask something in line with that beforehand with when first starting. Somebody
1: give me a co-op. Okay, send us your resume. <laughs> DM us.
0: DM, DM Truck Bucks.
1: How does one become oh. a brand ambassador for Truck Bucks? DM us, we can get you started. It's, we'll, we'll welcome you to the team, we'll train you. Does Truck Bucks mm-hmm. see any plans in the future of entering other markets? Yeah, of course. We wanna be in every single food truck market, like a huge presence. Yeah. So, see, our our CEO is on the chat. He's hiring people on spot. (laughs)
0: This is great. This is (laughs) historical.
1: What's been the most difficult challenge in the last couple of years, uh, not only being the CEO, but also in navigating the uncharted waters of this market? Great question. Well, I would say the most difficult challenge of the CEO is this. The Nobody can fire you, right? Like you have to hold yourself accountable. And I mean, technically people can fire you, right? Like obviously if you do some kind of illegal activity or if the board overthrows you, but in that case, that's not happening. So, um, you know, the most challenging thing is, is you are your own boss. So you have to motivate yourself and hold yourself to a crazy level of accountability because there's nobody that's on your ass telling you, hey, get up, hey, you're fired. If you don't show up, hey, you know, it's it's you versus you. Yeah. So you're always, always pushing to a level and holding yourself accountable. And another thing is learning. You got to accept that you're going to suffer a lot of the times, like you're going to suffer financially. You're going to suffer socially. You're going to make a lot of sacrifices that a lot of people aren't willing to make. And it's just true. Honestly, like there's a lot of times like this, it's nice. I love this. This is the definitely my purpose and, and my passion, but there's so many days that are extremely difficult, extremely challenging. Right. But that's part of the process. And you really have to have to love that. Um, but definitely it's that you're you're on top of yourself. One thing that I'll say is is also this. Whether you're the CEO or whether you're just in startup in general, when you are going down the corporate route of working at a company, you gain something. You gain stability, you gain um consistency, and then you gain obviously like financial stability of you know constant income. So you're always feeling like, okay, yeah, I go to work nine to five. And at least I know I'm getting paid all the time. I know my hours. When I go to work, I'm thinking about work. When I get home, I'm not thinking about work. I'm home. So for that, you gain that level of stability and comfort. But then when you're on the startup side, you gain the freedom of being able to set your own schedule and wake up when you want or go into the office when you want and and obviously have that personal freedom. But what you sacrifice is you don't get to go home and you don't think about work and work's done. So with that sacrifice, you know, or with that gain of freedom also comes a sacrifice of like your personal life and your business life are totally intertwined. So if it's one o'clock in the morning, I'm still getting emails and I'm still obligated to respond to those emails. And if it's two o'clock in the morning and every single day, I'm thinking about it 24 seven around the clock about the business. And that's why if you don't really love what you're doing, like what Steve Jobs says, you are going to burn out because nobody could have the mental capacity to think about something so obsessively and be unhappy doing that. You better be happy if you're thinking about it that often because I'm telling you, you're going to burn out. So, Yep, yep, um, exactly. So this this question, so, so there's a question. Yeah, you know,
0: great question. Actually, I was going to ask that as well. First steps when starting off,
1: yeah. Yeah, the first steps to to starting Chalkbox, truck I mean, everything starts with an idea. Um, and then it's always great when you have a a solid co-founder that's going to push you and you guys are going to feed off of each other's energy and you can also delegate tasks so you can move faster and you sit in a room for hours and you think through problems. Having an idea, number one, finding a really good co-founder, number two, you don't need a co-founder, but it's better. And statistically speaking, most successful companies start with two people, one business tech companies start with one, um, business minded founder and then one tech minded founder, Um, so definitely having a good idea and a good, um, co-founder. And then obviously like there's the structural process on like, how do you get the business started? So you're going to have to say, we have to create an entity. So you're probably going to create a Delaware LLC and then you're going to have to file and own the name of the company. And then you're going to have to get a lawyer. So you have an operating agreement between you and your co-founder and all the legality work should be done from the beginning, from the start. Don't be somebody that waits until a year later, two years later, and then you find yourself in a bad situation. Mm -hmm. Um, So you establish the entity, get your lawyer, and then obviously you gotta develop the product, which a lot of people ask me questions here, like um, how do you go about finding developers? Should I outsource? If you're gonna outsource the product, you're gonna save money, but I mean, in the long term, you're gonna want somebody in-house that's building your product, and then you're gonna have to obviously raise some initial money. Uh, to pay for that development as well. So you're going to want to start talking to friends and family. The way funding cycles work is when you you have an idea, you have your first round of fundraising, which is the friends and family round. These are people you know. Uh, whether they're, they're, again, friends or family, but they're investing in you, right? So they're investing because they trust you. They're not uh, investing because you have $100,000 a month in revenue or 100000 a year, whatever. But, so you're going to give them a little bit more than you would give people in subsequent rounds of funding. But um, you got to get that friends and family round out of the way. That should be enough to develop your product and launch it. And then after that, you're going to start opening some other rounds to more strategic angels, um, whether it's you know angel investors or institutional capital like VC if you're ready for that. Mm-hmm. So um, you just got to keep grinding. And then one other question. How How is COVID affecting truck bucks? The majority of people are staying home. I mentioned this earlier. You joined later. But it's helping us. It's benefiting us because food trucks now – because people are staying home – um, they need delivery services and online ordering. They're not doing festivals. They're not doing music concerts. They need online ordering platforms to reach customers. So we've seen an influx of food trucks joining our platform throughout the country in the past few weeks, and it's been benefiting us tremendously. Mm-hmm. Um, in your opinion, what characteristic is most important for a successful entrepreneur, and what uh, and what entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs do you look, look up to? Up to? Yeah. Uh, so definitely conviction because, like, you can't really you first of all you have to be an irrational optimist and that means that when everybody tells okay. you no you and everybody tells you no it's in your mind it's a yes and any that's not possible then it is possible right so you have to convince people obviously um that no matter whether it's an investor or whether it's even a, a team member that it, ha- it has to be done so you got to be an irrational optimist um and then you got to be relentless like you got to be decisive Right. So that's one of the biggest things. If you're not decisive, like you're not going to succeed in a business like this. There's a lot of decisions that have to be made fast, quickly on time and you can't look back. So definitely decisiveness, fearlessness, obviously, and then persistence and then the work ethic. Because, you know, you could give somebody a great idea, but you can't teach somebody work ethic. It's kind of something that's in, like embedded into their DNA. Mm.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: which entrepreneurs do I look up to? Um, I. I look i love I love elon musk um I don't agree with a hundred percent of everything, but i love he's he's high conviction like he tells people all the time, and it's like the classic like Elon Musk, but the one thing that you, you gotta love about Elon Musk is like he he just keeps going no matter what he's got a lot of people against him too that doubt it and whatever and and you know he's got a undying passion he's relentless in his pursuits um yeah. Last question. How did your friends and family react when you brought up the idea to them? Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't approach that many friends and family. Actually, I, I built and launched the product in silence pretty much with my co-founder. We didn't tell anybody, not even really close friends, maybe just a handful towards when we got close to launching it. Um but we kept it under the radar for a long time and that allowed us to focus. It allowed us to it also allowed us to get closer and build a connection because it was like this is our project. We don't want to reveal this yet. Number one, when you're building a product, you're very paranoid that somebody's gonna take your idea. Likelihood of that happening is slim to none because sure. if somebody's gonna take your idea, then that's they were probably better off to execute it anyway and you didn't move fast enough. But it's not likely that people are gonna take your idea. Um, but we flew under the radar and then the friends that we did approach that we were looking to, uh, you know, we were looking for capital from, they, um, they, they believed in us. Like they believed in, want to see basic things. They want to see, uh, the idea. They want to know your plan, your financial projections, how much money you think you can make. But again, friends and family is a convenient round because they're going to just take the leap of faith in you. And that's where it starts with you. Mm. Yeah, and you, and you
0: I liked I loved your point of conviction, man. That's I mean it's something you embody and something every leader needs. But I thank you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you have to have it. I mean, even um even like now you're seeing the the food truck space like increasing business and I was telling like investors and people for years, I'm like, it's gonna increase, like it's it's gonna keep going up. Now it's happening. So the conviction's there and you know like most founders are non-consensus and right, right? So like, because human desire is mimetic, people copy things that, you know, are already existing. Like, oh, like, yeah, obviously that's a good idea because it already exists. But really smart founders have a secret. They have a secret. They have specific knowledge to something that not everybody knows yet. And then it's on your job to obviously build upon that and execute upon that and then show the world that you were right all along. And the people that bought in are going to be rewarded. And the people that didn't believe you are going to regret it. Mm.
0: Uh, Love
1: that. Jordan, happy birthday.
0: <laughs> yeah, for for the podcast here, because we're recording it too, someone said uh, wishing okay, someone nice. happy birthday. Happy birthday, Jordan. Good stuff. There you go. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the one thing I would say or ask now is what are you most excited for for when everything starts to die down and go back to that new normal people talk about that word new normal. Like what are you most excited for in general with the industry? Doesn't have to just be Concerts.
1: uh, Concerts (laughs)
0: Concerts. Go out.
1: Concerts, clubs, just going out. And seeing yeah. people. No, I really, we I think everybody's longing for that human connection in, in a group setting, that really? social connection. It's nice to have a lot of time to reflect and stuff, but then you realize how important it is, right? Like, just humans in general, how much we actually love being around people and large groups of people. And um, I don't know. Look, obviously, we know the, the unfortunate side of this thing. Like, we know <clears throat> the death. We know the illness. We know the economy. We know all the negatives. But at the same time, a lot of a lot of good things are happening in the sense that, like the earth is cleansing, it's healing itself. A lot of the waters are clearing up. That's, that's good. That's really nice, you know? So, um, and I think it's bringing people closer together with their families. It's good in giving people a lot of time to self-reflect and um, think about what matters to them and giving them a lot of time to uh, essentially become better versions of themselves, whether they're educating themselves. So to that point earlier in the, in the video, when I said like, use this time wisely, you know whether you're building something or whether you're just you know adding to your to your personal strengths
0: yeah absolutely yeah well i as i said like you you did bring a lot of value here i appreciate everyone who came on uh excellent questions as well um if you want to say anything else nick or just like cap it off and give your regards this was it was awesome having you on man there's good stuff to talk yeah about for here. sure
1: yeah, thank you man. This is always great getting together with you. If you guys haven't seen the the Dream Big um podcast that we did a while back, you should check that out on YouTube. And then um if anybody has any questions, any final questions wrapping up, like mm. I guess there's a little a little window to get the final questions in. Um
0: yeah.
1: but yeah, so it's all good, man.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You guys you guys got uh we can stay on for a little bit longer. Absolutely and uh, if you guys have any more questions.
1: I, I feel like Matt has another, <laughs> I feel like Matt has another question because Matt loves questions, man. That's a good He's, thing, I
0: love questions, I love asking questions.
1: Yeah, he loves it. <laughs> I see
0: It, it seems yeah, it see it, it see it like everyone really wanted to uh, know a lot about truck bucks, which is really cool.
1: When are you doing this next time? Soon, advice on logos? Very soon. Um, honestly, go to, go, this is what I would do. I would do it for free. I would just go to a free uh, logo creator online and there's like different stages throughout it where you're going to like choose the different styles of fonts and colors and vibe that you're going for and they can generate like 250 different logos and you go through them and pick one and then you have at least a starting base and down the line you can get uh, somebody to perfect that for you. Um, Are you planning on selling merch? Just for you, Matt. <laughs> but yeah, we will sell merch. Definitely. <clears throat> if anybody wants to buy something, ask me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. That's great. <laughs> Truck buck, special t-shirts. Vintage. Yep,
1: definitely. Cool.
0: That's good stuff.
1: <sighs> All right. Well, All if right. that's it from everybody. got yeah, um...
0: Last <laughs> remarks. Anyone? You got uh whatever you want. Any more? These are
1: these? new hats. Nino's talking about the hat. These are new hats, but actually, they kind of messed it up because they made um they made the wheels blue, and we don't have blue in our logo. Oh, see that? But in a way, it's kind of like an exclusive, like you know, <laughs> founder hat. <laughs> yeah,
0: there you go. I
1: kind of like it that they messed it up in a way. I'm like, all right, it's unique. Like it's it'll be the only one.
0: Yeah question for me dream big and co merch uh yes we have some eventually we're gonna come out with more yeah options. anthony why
1: don't you shout out dream big right now to everybody let them know yeah. like what you guys do
0: yeah so everyone you want to click on the profile you can see the page but basically we're a company uh, built around people and stories and we believe everyone has a story so we help you tell it and and find it from the ground up. So a lot of agency work right now with helping brands or people with video production or strategy, but eventually, I'm going to create a lot of original content, as you've seen, interview with Nick was one of them, but uh, more original series, original content, um, original production. But yeah, that's our main main focus. And it's been awesome having Nick on Um, seemed like there's always a lot of value being given here and entrepreneurs is one of the main focuses right now Um, since they're the ones who are dreaming the biggest. They're the ones who are attacking life the hardest and they have a lot of good lessons to share. So that's, that's a lot of our focus right now.
1: Yeah, definitely guys go and check out Anthony's page, dream big and Co. He's got a ton of awesome content on there. They do amazing, amazing videos, um, amazing interviews. Their YouTube channel is really awesome too, for short stories and things like that. Um, so they're blown up. How do I get my beard so nice? Beard oil.
0: You gotta trim it. Pro, <laughs> Pro Rosso. It's
1: called Pro Rosso. It's from Italy. Oh, okay. Yeah. You gotta be, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Beard oil and a nice, and a nice, you know, bu- uh, buzzer trimmer to, to keep it on point.
0: Yeah. Uh, fun fact. We, we can veer off for one second here, but, uh, grandparents actually came from Italy did your did your lineage come from Italy and like where
1: where from? Yeah so my father my father uh immigrated from Greece and my grandparents as well so I mean my mom was born here but yeah. Oh
0: wow okay.
1: Yeah see Nino right here he's a he's a fellow Italian so he's his family's from Positano. Truck <laughs> Truckbox face masks yeah well hopefully we don't have to make those and this is over sooner than later. <laughs> So. awesome all right <laughs> all well right. anyway yeah. Yeah, let's yeah, uh no <laughs> we'll wrap this up but yeah
0: but appreciate uh, this was fun yeah. and See thank
1: you me. it's alexa alexa stop then <laughs> so
0: yeah. um no seriously i appreciate having you on this is i uh, appreciate everyone joining as well this is going to live on the story for i think both of our uh, accounts so i'm sure more people will go on and check it out but
1: really appreciate yeah, for it for sure this cool guys thank you i appreciate it and thank you for the questions anthony this was awesome again always a pleasure Mm -hmm. and um everybody be good be safe
0: absolutely be safe chase your dreams (laughs) see you See you guys